Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. Transmission's coming to you. My name's Joshua Michael. My best friend Colin. How you doing, brother? Uh, pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, very uh, full. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Full of energy all day. You find yourself saying the word brother all the time now that we talk to a lot of wrestlers. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm also a union guy, and you call people who are in the union brother a lot, and somehow I'm trying to find ways to not overutilize that word and uh then i try not to accidentally say it to people who have um uh learning disabilities what's the right word learning disabilities <laughs> no uh appropriated it for other reasons you know okay. so yeah you just got to be careful what you say to particular segments of human society it turns out i agree we've got a kick up kick ass show today i'm really excited about this one we are going to be talking about the matrix number four and we're going to talk about kota Ibushi winning the uh, g1 climax uh we're going to talk a little bit about stone cold's new show uh wb hero clicks climax. uh we're going to go over what has happened so far in house of x and powers of x an amazing new comic book called The White Trees by Chip Zdarsky, which just blew my mind. One of two. Uh, new Doctor Strange, Archie number 700 and 705. And uh, whatever the hell else we decided we want to speak about. But uh, I want to go straight to the Matrix. Mm-hmm. We've got a blue pill. You got a blue pill? I got a blue what pill. What was it? Yeah, was it blue pill or red pill? I forget. Uh, it's, it's the blue pill. Actually, I do forget, too. It could be totally Dude. wrong. Nope, nope, you take the blue this pill. This is the, the, the beauty... Sorry? No, you take the blue pill, you stay in Wonderland. You take the red pill, you wake up in your room, and believe whatever you want to believe. See, you're feeling it. Yeah. Like, the excitement is there so much so that you're probably carrying that all of the time. I can't remember right now the last time I sat down and watched all of the Matrix movies. And the thing is, I freaking love them mm -hmm. i love all of them all these people who complained about the sequels i just i get it but i also don't get it because there's so much to take from each and every one of these movies i don't have them all at the forefront of my thought right now and so to hear that there's a fourth matrix movie coming out it just blows my mind uh, yeah, let's go for it. Let's see what they could possibly do. And we're going to talk about this without either of us having rewatched it. We're going to talk about this without either of us, me at least, you know, sitting there and wondering about it or what. I could have been listening to Matrix music all day. That would have got me there. But uh, I don't have it on my phone anymore. So, yeah, what do you, how do you, how do you want to begin with this? Uh, I want to go right off of the last thing you said, Matrix music. Uh, for you music junkies out there, um, 
Uniractor doing all the killer music for the Reloaded and for uh, Revolutions. Uh, I was a huge Uniractor fan. Uh, when Back when me and my big brother were working at Hot Topic back in 2001, we were listening to Shango all the fucking time and like Basement Jacks, but... They took uh, Masters of the oh, yeah. they took the song Masters of the Universe <laughs> and used that as the song that that kicked off when the kid in the Animatrix grabs a skateboard and outrun tries to outrun those um, those agents and then the same group uh, it's actually right. like one dude with like a, a, a bunch of like um, what is it when you use a lot of different like tribal music or there's a special term for that I can't remember what it is when oh Jack and KJ. Hey, Kay, Jack and KJ, in the morning. <laughs> they, uh, oh, anyway, uh, we, we, that, that's, that's what pops in my head. The fact that I rewatched the entire, I watched the entire special edition uh, around Christmas last year because I bought the, uh, that nice big set that had the bust of Neo with, like, the oh, yeah. Matrix Revisited, uh, Reloaded Revisited, uh, Animatrix. I watched the whole goddamn thing. Um I've got it. I've got it on every format. Every, like this, the the regular, the special edition, the regular edition of the, of the Blu-rays, um, DVDs, VHS. Um, I've got. I was gonna ask. Yeah, I've got the um, Matrix on vinyl, and it comes in two vinyl records. One's red and one's blue. Uh, I've got the jacket that I cannot fit into no more because I'm like 160 pounds back in 2000, <laughs> 2004, 2000, no, it's 2003. Um, yeah, I, I've got most of the McFarlane toys. I've got all of the original toys that came out for the actual original Matrix made by some. I can't remember the name of the uh, the toy company, but they were they were pretty crappy, but they were still cool at the same time. And I what kind of toys were they? Like three and three quarter inch toys, or they were regular were they action they figures. Were, they were normal action figure playmate size figures you could get. Playmate size. Yeah, you know, like... Uh, I'm not placing this, but I do recall higher-end those extreme... Those are the McFarlane's. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing those, consequently, at a dinky little uh, comic book slash game store in uh, Martin, Tennessee, when I was uh, visiting my grandparents once and going, these are just... What do you do with these? Because uh, they, they, the sculpt was... They sat there and they looked cool, and that was kind of that. There's a couple different things you do with them. Uh, one, you buy all of them in two sets. One to keep nice and one to keep pretty. The the chateau... <laughs> there, there's a chateau diorama with Neo's mm-hmm. fighting like those dudes that, in the um, the the Frenchman... Uh, what's his name? God, why am I... The Merovingian. The Merovingian's little chateau... Um, all yeah. these different accessories. Once you open it, it's guaranteed you're going to lose half the weapons. Um, oh, wow, yeah. And then the the Sentinel was huge. Um, the last stand of Cap- Captain Mifuni oh, was amazing. Him and the uh, the APOC machine, like, bah, 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 like uh, he's screaming, he's yep. all cut up. Uh, there's the mini diorama of... Um, Morpheus fighting the twins. You have to buy all three of them. They're all posed for that little that little fight they had in that parking garage um wow. trinity falling out th- oh tr- we should talk about uh we should talk about Lawrence fishburne put that down i got before we get out of the matrix i gotta tell you guys my experience with Lawrence cool. fishburne i'm writing it down Lawrence mm-hmm. fishburne oh fucking i said fish burn not fish bone you fucking mac it, it i love it but <laughs> it, it'll it'll be like is this what you meant like God damn it, no. Like I even capitalized the F. Anyway, um Just like a liberal computer. Yeah. The 
<laughs> Is this what you really meant? You really meant that yeah. you want to fuck a fish and you're a fish fucker and <laughs> you're white nationalist, aren't you? I'm not even white. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's like the first thing that's popped in my head with the collectability. I've got most of the posters from Reloaded, uh, the mm-hmm. ones where the half the head is chopped off, not the one where you can see the, the full head, the original ones. Um, when The Matrix first came out on DVD, we were living in a lot, uh, not DVD, well, DVD and VHS back in the day in, like, 99. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the blockbuster in Alaska, and it's like, I think it's like, I think it's like one of the only ones still existing, or it might have just closed, uh, in North Pole, Alaska, had a giant uh, Matrix uh, vinyl poster outside on the windows, you know, the ones that, like, it goes in four wow. sections. Well, we pulled up one night and stole it, but we, like, we, we, it was like minus 40, and we, we did the best to get it off the windows and it peeled, but then a car started pulling up and we had all the windows open. And my little, my, my first car was a, like, a, it was a 92 uh, Mazda Protege, and we stuffed them into the windows and they shattered. Not the windows, it shattered. And I had these big closet Shit. doors that were the vinyl. Like, yeah, vinyl. They were vinyl. That, but they, they wow. shattered and they stayed together in a clump. And I had these big closet doors that were, were mirrors. And it took me a year to put that thing back together. That's crazy. I, I put it back vinyl. Sl- yeah. slice by slice. And uh, that's how much I loved The Matrix. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself yesterday. It, it was like someone told me that like something came back from the dead. That wasn't really dead, but at the same time, it was over. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't care what they're doing. Lana, Lana Wachowski's doing it. Um, I, I get their new names mixed up. I apologize, guys. It's it's not it's not Andy and Lawrence anymore. It's Lana and... I never decided to make it worth figuring out. I was just like, okay, that's what you're doing. Fine. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, I don't give a shit. Now, uh, I want to do... Uh, I read a very interesting article today... Uh, from TheVerge.com. Here's what The Verge wants out of a fourth Matrix mu- movie. Uh, this, this website does tech, reviews, science, creators, entertainment, and more. So I guess like a, a much more fun Wired. Um, mm-hmm. They took a lot of the art, the writers. It's, it's by the, the Verge staff. A Tasha Robinson, a film and TV editor, she wants it to be surprises. From a fourth Matrix film. She doesn't want them to rehash the same bullshit. She doesn't want more John Wick action. She wants new characters. She wants new conflicts. She wants new new ground to tackle rather than familiar ground. Uh, Liz Lopato, the deputy, deputy editor, uh, a lot of the fun of the Matrix is in the fight scenes. And so she wants some good kick killer fight scenes. John Porter, the international mm. news writer, uh, he's upset that the Matrix never got expanded uh, into the, an expanded universe, so he wants more of that. Let's see, Justine Kalman, the science reporter, as a college act, I liked hers a lot. As a college activist, way before the word woke was a thing, community organizers drew lessons on re- resistance from the Matrix. So she wants more of that. Impended, impending, impending, yeah, resistance with mean? the impending climate crisis <laughs> upon us, perhaps sooner than we'd expected. And the swell of popular pr- political protests, I hope the new Matrix movie maintains and updates its relevance to the people who see themselves as part of the movement. Shame Gartenberg, okay. news, or, news editor. Has anyone said fight scenes yet? <laughs> uh, 
T.C. Skodek, executive editor. I don't care that the second and third Matrix films were poorly received. Uh, for the record, I don't think they were that bad. Neither did I. I loved them. I didn't give a shit. I was going to like them no matter what. Um, but the 13-year-old in me is not asking too many questions. It just wants to be in his seat early for opening night. Hell yeah, teach me kung fu and how to be a, how to fly a helicopter. The world has gone to shit, and I don't mind reliving the past a little bit with Trinity and Neo. So he's looking for a little nostalgia. Yeah, he's looking for a little nostalgia. Uh, I was a. I can't imagine what it would have been like to watch that movie at thirteen because I was twenty one. Robin watched it when that movie came. Some, at least twenty one. Robin watched it when, and, uh, when she was that age. That's, I took her to see it twice. That's your sister, mm-hmm. Robin. Yep. Yep. And I got a couple more here. Uh, Sam Byford, Asia news editor. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what Cloud Atlas author David Mitchell can do in a film screenwriting role. And I don't think Lana Wachowski would return unless she knew. She had something intriguing to add, but I think the Matrix lore is a lost cause at this point. Especially that, well, so that given the Keanu and Keanu and Carrie Ann are returning, best case scenario is likely a visually incredible mind fuck. Okay, so that's okay. Great words, Kevin Wynn, news editor. I'll take it. Whatever. Yeah, I know. I, I if they, I, they're basically just mapping it out. Just do all this shit. Give us a little nostalgia. Give us some great special effects. Um, give us something new to latch on to. Uh, one of the guys here was like, God damn, don't give us a fucking prequel. Anything, don't give us a prequel. Uh, good narrative. When, when you brought this up a little bit ago, we were talking on the phone just before we got onto the show, everybody, and uh, Joshua was saying, you know, yeah, Trinity and Neo, spoiler alert, are dead at the end of the trilogy, mm-hmm. but this is... It might be the real world, but it's not the real world, and it's the Matrix, and anything can happen in the Matrix. Uh, it doesn't have to be a prequel. I thought to myself, well, what would it be like if uh, if it was like, if it took place between the second and third movie, or, or we couldn't do that, I'm sorry, if it took place between the uh, first and second movie? Because I remember when I went to see the second movie, and it has that awesome opening montage of Trinity kicking ass in all these different ways and I was like, hell yeah I want to see something that depicts episodic content opening this movie up and I want to see like Trinity's out there screwing up the world and she's going to show up and be like, how's it been going out there before we get into the real plot of this movie it's been going great, I've been fucking up the Matrix Mm -hmm. awesome, cool, blah 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 now let's figure this thing out and it turned out that they were more or less, fu- like, you know, they were Neo's dreams of the future, the near future. And But, like, at the same time, that's what I wanted because I wanted to know, I always want to see that. What happens to Luke and Han and Leia between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back? What happens to Trinity, Morpheus, and Neo, let alone whatever other crew members they might have, between the first and second installments. Now... Because that's where you can play with everything because they did the Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi like, oh, maybe there's six months between it while we're hunting for Han. They did the same type of thing. No, it's back-to-back on two and three. They did the same thing with Back to the Future. I want to get away from those themes. I don't know why the last chapter has to be a two-movie scenario, but no diss. I think they pulled it off. Now, um... Just because Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss have been confirmed doesn't mean shit. 
It might be a flashback. It might be a voiceover. Uh, you know, something, uh, them showing up for uh, a quick little, like, this is something that happened on the archives of the Nebuchadnezzar, and you see them, like, horsing around, or, or, or if, to a better extent, uh, when you say playing around, I think immediately one of my favorite video games of all time was the PlayStation 2 game, The Path of Neo. The, the first Matrix video game mm. was Enter the Matrix, which was killer fun because it was in between. It came out right before. It came out right after the Animatrix, but right before uh, Reloaded came out. And it was everything that um, you had to do in order to get to certain places as Niobe and Ghost, uh, specifically places yeah. in the movie. But they, if you knew anything about MS-DOS you were able to actually hack the Matrix without it causing any problems with you not being able to finish the game. And by that, by that I mean that if you play Grand Theft Auto Vice City, there's, there's codes, but if you use the codes, the, the system won't let you finish the game. Hacking the Matrix is perfectly allowed, and as soon as you start toying around with the, like a, a DOS prompt, a literal DOS prompt, and figuring it out, it becomes so much more fun. They showed different parts of the movie from Reloaded uh, up to right before revelations and then the path of neo is you you're neo you, you you show up at work and you're late and you get chewed out you mm -hmm. go back to your desk and a package is delivered to you and the first thing you got to do is work your way through the cubicles and if you can choose to either get caught by the agents or uh you know try to make your way out you know the way the way that morpheus originally intended for you to escape and make off uh, on that motorcycle with Trinity. Because remember when he, he says... He oh, says, right. She was Yeah, he said, fuck this, when he was out on the ledge and went back inside. And they arrested his ass. And she was waiting for him. She was his getaway mobile. Mm -hmm. You can choose to do that. And you, you if you choose to take the blue pill, um, the game ends. <laughs> the game ends. And there's all, there's, <laughs> there's all these awesome little... Um, there's all these awesome little things within it, in between things, like when you first meet, um, God, what's his name? The the Asian dude that protects the Oracle. Um, why am I forgetting his name? I feel like I'm like I feel like I'm forgetting. I feel Boy, more guilty now remembering the names. The way I forget like my 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 prayers when I learned when I went through catechism. Um, worse than that. Oh. Dude, if you hadn't said it that way, if you hadn't, if you just, if you hadn't said like, why can't I remember it? I'd probably have yeah. got it. So, it's not Cypher. It's, not... it's a serif. Serif, serif. You you yeah. fight serif, and then you're in the Asian market, and you have to work your way through like five different scenarios. Um, but at the end of the game, this is what's so cool about the video game was right when you show up and you're about to fight Smith in the rain and. He's got. He's all powerful godness because he is. He's absorbed everyone. And I wish. And one thing I wish they would have shown in Reloaded and Revolutions was when Smith eventually assimilated the architect. They didn't show that. I wish they would have shown that. Ooh. So he's a god power within the within the Matrix. And right when you're about to fight, and things are like you fight Smith in the rain for a little bit, and then right when Neo realizes that he needs to lose, so. The, so Smith can try to get into the the Machine City. That way he can they can you know erase him. Um, the Wachowskis all of a sudden come in like like kind of like does this like circle thing, and you're all of a sudden in the white room. And they're sitting on the the chairs that Morpheus is sitting on, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, the movie was great. I'm sure you loved it. That's why you're playing the game." Um, 
but most people don't play video games to reach some French existentialist uh, mindfuck of, a, of an ending of a movie. You're playing because you want to fight a big, bad fucking boss. And here, here's a big, bad fucking boss. And all of a sudden, all, the, all of the Smiths jump on each other and form a super giant Smith. And you got to figure out a way to destroy a like ten foot, a, a ten story tall Agent Smith that's constantly regenerating. And so that was fun. That that was that was fun. And that's when you say you get to play it. Um, into the Matrix. I'm, I'm just I'm just like my mind is going a million miles a moment right now. Um, so yeah, they <laughs> they might not be main. It might not just it might not be about Neo and Trinity. Why not? If, if if they do the the course you're talking about, why not give us some kick ass people and give us a like a midway movie, even if it's not a prequel, like like uh like um like Rogue One, and all of a sudden we fall in love with oh yeah we right. fall in love with some killer new people, and at the end you know it's it's in between the movies and you get to see something that's gonna kick off. Okay, that might be fun. I personally don't want that to happen. I personally want things. Yeah. I think they went down that road already because when you have the kid and you've got um, the kid was on the best uh, one. What was Link's girlfriend's name? I can't remember. All right, I'm just gonna go to IMDb uh, so we don't fuck up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got all those people who had all those little serendipitous things that just were not con- coincidence. You know, Mifuni dying and uh, uh, you know the mere fact of three ships and three captains. I mean, I think that's the crux of the whole franchise right there. It, in, in the middle of the third movie, I see, I don't see coincidence. I see Providence. Exactly. Like, that's my favorite part of the franchise. Everything about the way it was edited, the way that it, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going, did they, did, was this built, was this built so well in editing or was it screen written that way? to jump between these different sequences at different speeds because that is like inception level when you go back several years later and you watch inception and you're seeing three different times three different situations happening at three different speeds that's like that's complicated screenwriting because just getting it all correct so that it all comes together in the same moment and everything speeds up to that moment, that's just beautiful. I can see it in like an Excel spreadsheet. You know how it works. You know out. why? It's like because we're comic book why? we're comic book ex- experts. Um, we're, <laughs> I'll take we're it. We're comic book experts. Why wouldn't you want to make a, a, a comic book into a movie? We've they've already fucking did the the storyboards for you. It's all laid out, and the the, mm-hmm. the Wachowskis were huge comic book nerds, still are. And the sisters, I really hope that the sisters really decide. Okay, let's do it together again. But uh, God, my I just had a brain fart. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. And and then please go back to what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, I think like when you're looking at a waveform, when you're looking some of the, some of the beauty of what this is is that it can best be. I think uh, made a metaphor, or I suppose, or a visual representation by if you were if you're in Garage Band or you're looking at some other uh, I don't know we we used SoundForge way back when the Matrix was coming out and you're trying to uh, see music done. I mean that's how you that's how you see it because you've got a time marker and you got okay this lo- this thing is playing and that's playing and blah 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 and then these things are all overlapping at the same time. It just that's how I would I always perceived those serendipitous moments and like that that sequence with Morpheus 
you know, going on about, uh, you know, why we need to do this and why it's important Three and how we can make it all in tonight. Exactly. I just, that that's the thing that gets me. I love The Matrix uh, 2 for that and for the big car chase scene. I love how that movie begins, how the whole situation is presented, uh, the catalyst in that movie. I really hate the whole giant rave scene, and I really, really it. hate the uh, the the uh, city councilman or whatever the Zion councilman. Really, I love those conversation guys. with. Uh, no, I'm not saying I hate them all. I hate the I hate the conversation that he has with Neo down in the like machine level, yeah. and I'm like, this just it's it's the pacing is screwed because of those two pieces, and. Uh, I think they could have better evidenced kind of the melting pot of Zion better by showing us a little bit more okay. of the civilian walkthrough. I, I would have dug that because I don't need a sticky, sweaty, gauzy rave to make the point. And uh, I don't know, that and then the other sequence. And then so, so we've got this awesome place where everybody's what it is and then we've got you know the 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 uh elder white guy who was suddenly like the it old guy actor in uh at the beginning of the decade because he was in star trek insurrection as admiral doherty i believe and then he was uh you know he he popped up in a bunch of stuff if you go back and look at the omega man with charleston heston he's actually the uh lead vampire right. um if you know you're into that but uh yeah, I just, I don't know. That guy, th that moment all just felt forced to me. And, but the rest of the movie, just so, just a runaway freight train of action and intensity. And I remember turning to my 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 best friend at the time, Justin, who I'm going to go see tomorrow. Uh, he's in town. And I, I was like, we get to the end where Neo, Superman rescued Morpheus and the Keymaster. Key and I was just like, I don't know what else we could do with this movie. Like, I'd never felt like that before. I looked at him and I was like, what else could they possibly cram into this movie? And then there it was. Like, the rest of that, that whole, the whole coincidence is not, it's coincidence is not the same thing as Providence. Yeah, sorry. And we're back. Uh, apparently, the agents of the Matrix are giving us a bunch of grief because we were asequential in our recording again. But yeah, um, they've uh, they've done some upgrades. What, were, what the fuck were we talking about? I got so pissed off about. Oh, the I was going on and on about the uh, second Matrix movie. That's revel. That's re that's reloaded. I just I gotta say, I mean, as far as sequels go, that's one of my favorite ones of all franchises. Uh, the Matrix Revolutions is a just just gunfire. I love that movie, but it is just gunfire and gunfire and gunfire. So, you know, we're all being nostalgic about what it was for us. But shit ain't uh, nostalgic. This shit just happened like in my mind just right now. <laughs> I just recall when I did the uh, Star Trek auction. Every every what was it Wednesday was when I had to turn in my reports and say like okay this is what I had to I had to say like every item every costume that we photographed that week had a number 
and so I would see that I would see I would get a printout and say, okay, so numbers you know nine thousand six hundred and fifty four through whatever, and there were at least a hundred of them, hopefully. And um, I would go into my office and find numbers to mesh up with my. Uh, I was just doing this copy and paste thing to mesh the numbers up with my my research, my uh, my write ups for every little thing. And I had to make them link up with my buddy Brian, who was working with me there at the warehouse. And I would put on the soundtrack to the Matrix Revolutions because I knew that the intensity of that score would amp me up. And then, like, I would hit all of these little moments in my checklist with different, with different like, emotional resonance points in the score. Nice. And I'd be done with it round about the time the score ended. So it just, yeah, it was the Don Davis Juno reactor. I don't know, man. I mean, there was just so much, so many things like that. And I know that's not exactly the Matrix, but it helped me. It got me through a lot of moments. That's what we want to talk about, man. And I've got a few, I've got a few uh, quid pro quos, a few rebuttals. Oh, yeah, go for it. Okay, so I was in, it was my sophomore year of college at OU, you know, because I went to the University of Oklahoma because there's only one Oklahoma, not two. Uh, as far as I understand, there's only one Oklahoma, and I guess that's what they teach you there in OU geography. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a Future Farmers of America shithole a little bit 45 minutes north that uh, if you want to get a geology degree to how to you know bum fuck your fucking plants. So that's up in Guthrie because because uh, oh, uh, Norman and Stillwater are an hour and fifteen minutes <laughs> apart. If that's what you're trying to get, at. Uh, not the way I drove when my girlfriend was living in Perry and ready and willing. Um, <laughs> God damn, I'm getting all confused now thinking about pussy and then. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, <clears throat> going to college, um, my I was completely obsessed with existentialism at the time. So like we're taking mm-hmm. all these like English classes, learning Emerson, you name it. My senior thesis was on posthumanism, and I incorporated a lot of the ideas from the Matrix, which is a really big hodgepodge of different ideas that are stolen from pop culture and science fiction culture and existentialism. Like for example, if you watch iRobot, you're like, wow, this movie ripped off. The Matrix. No, uh, actually, iRobot was a book that came out years ago. Right. And the Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix took that idea as as well as Ghost in the Shell, Ninja Scroll, uh, etc. Especially Ghost in the Shell, and just took the ideas like like the the first Renaissance when the first robots gained sentience and killed its masters and it sent it to death and all it really said was I I simply do not want to die, and. The integration of robot culture, and then uh, the, we're gonna. This is something I was talking with my buddies today in the smoke shack at work today. Um, that House of M, not House of M, I'm sorry, House of X and Powers of X introduced that Hickman's writing that AI is not going to be a creation of humanity. It's actually going to be a discovery of humanity because it's out there and was going to happen anyway. This was something that is not going to be something that hammered some guy at NASA hammered out on his keyboard and accidentally creates AI or, or some super processor like in uh, T2 and 
it's going to be something that's an inevitability. The robots or the, the sentience of, of programming is going to learn itself. It's not going to be a creation but a discovery because what we're creating is exponentially growing faster than us. Post-humanism is, mm. a, is an idea that there's a few different things I, and we need to talk about when it comes to understand post-humanism. There's a few base ideas. So I used to DJ. I used uh, Torque, Serato, you name it. So I'm using two turntables, my laptop, an uh, external sound card. Um, at that moment, I'm essentially a, a cyborg. I'm in some way, uh, I've integrated my vinyl control system that's controlling the sound that's running through, that's computing the MP3 that's somehow now imprinted on the, on the record, and it's influencing my environment. It's making people dance and have some fun. So, of course, like that's one of the reasons why I love that dance scene. Of course, I was becoming obsessed with dance music at the same time. Um, I am integrating myself with technology in a way that is directly influencing the environment, whether if it's, I was doing a DJ type thing. Also, uh, just a simple telephone. With the telephone, we are actually in two places at once, if you think about it, because right now I am in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You are had to Tulsa. think about that with your uh, OU geology degree, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I know, right? Geology. Sorry, <laughs> my my English degree that I don't use. Um, and you're you're in Tulsa. Uh, I am technically in two places at once because my influence is right. here. Well, and it's also let, there in the in your apartment. Um, let me go one step further. I don't want to rip you off, but Stephen King did the same thing. He said that re that uh, writing books and reading them is telepathy. You're writing something in 1997, and you it, this book exists forever and ever. His idea is something that is being transmuted across time and space to the mediums. reader, and the yep. reader is finishing it. Yep. Read read on writing by Stephen King if you haven't, folks. It's a fascinating little book. So Carry that's on. what I, that's what I integrated into my my thesis on posthumanism, and. Uh, of course, I was obsessed with dance music at the same time, so I was just loving everything that they had going oh, on and everything that was going on. Every time Roman Reigns like does his Superman punch, I'm like, no, that's a Neo punch. I- I've never <laughs> seen, I've never seen Superman need to punch the ground in order to take off. <laughs> um, There's yeah, I mean, it's also that Iron Man stick the Iron Man landing. Yeah, it's and, all comic books up there on the uh, in the ring, you know. Here's what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. I want new characters. I want them to explain that whether or not Neo died, they never explain how he was able to stop the Sentinels after the Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed. He was able to remember he stopped the Sentinels that were they, yeah. they blew up. No, they blew I remember up, that they, they blew up the Neb. The 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 Sentinels the came to stop them. Up. The hammer yeah. picked him up, but Neo was in a coma, and his his mind transubstantiated back into the Matrix, into the Trainmakers, into the Trainmakers little like little pocket of a world, and mm-hmm. how he was able to stop all of the uh, the bombs and missiles and bullets coming at him when they were when him and Trinity were doing that nosedive uh, suicide mission into the Machine City, and how he was able to understand and see things without a pair of eyes, and how he was able to still see the the agent Smith inside inside of Bane, which you've got to realize that that like they they pick these names so perfectly. Cipher means mm-hmm. enemy, enemy. Um, Bane means destruction. 
uh, or, or, or your antithesis, and he's able to, to end up in the Machine City. Uh, I remember when, when this happened, I was just frozen in my seat, and just, Jesus, what balls. He could not have told, because remember he, when he's like, I know what I gotta do, I need your ship. The hell you're not. <laughs> yeah, right. The hell you're not. And she's like, fuck you, you can have my ship. I'll pilot yours. And he's like, bitch, <laughs> what are you doing? And, uh, you know, he's still a military That's, man. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. He's a military man. He he's, can't see beyond his own view. And that's what the, the, uh, the Oracle said. The Oracle. Yeah. Well, then it happens. If he had told, he told her in not so many words that if I tell you what we're going to do, this is a suicide mission. We're not coming back from this. And knowing that when she dies and the, the balls, like, okay, this is time to do this. You just lost this. And I got to preface that the matrix is my favorite love story ever. And she's dead and it's time it's time to do fucking business like business business he sees he sees the the path of light where he needs to walk and the machines are cowering around him remember remember like the the, the little oh yeah they're they're cowering around him and the little star wars mouse droids were uh, running away from the wookie exactly and speak Mm mm-hmm the program Smith has grown beyond your control. Soon he will take over your city the way he's taken over the program of the Matrix. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you. Then I've made a mistake and you should kill me right now. The balls. <laughs> oh, I know, dude. The balls. There's an entire race of human beings that there's maybe like 100,000 living underground near the Earth's core that he's about to mm-hmm. risk. Then just kill me now. Fuck you. And then... And the fact that the face that was formed, think about it, the face that was formed was chosen specifically not because that's what the the, the robots thought, like, oh, if I had a face as this giant floating machine that's working off of a million other different robots that form a face, what form would be the most pleasing to not scare this guy right away? The guy it was who's a ba- blind for that uh, yeah. matter. Yeah, it's a baby's face. It wasn't like a big mean face or a big mean robot phalanx from the X-Men. It was a baby. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh speak. I can stop him. And that whole idea that you can plug yourself back into something and destroy something that has grown beyond its control. It, it, I, I think about my big brother dying of cancer. Like, cause, like that's what Smith was. He was a cancer. But... Remember, he remember Neo says like, "You're always right, Smith." He was, <laughs> he was. It was yin and yang. It was all these different ideas. It was, oh, it was, it was inevitable. Yeah, it was. An, yeah, it was every all that sort of things just build into that. What I want to see is I want to see new characters. I want to see the ideas that have because uh, my buddy uh, was like, "Think about it." When the Matrix came out. Uh, we barely had landlines. Right. Mm-hmm. We barely just had landlines. The land internet lines. was still fresh back then, folks. Any, still. Anybody, 
Oh my god, I mean, anybody who was even born in 1995. It was dial-up back in 99, and then I didn't get my first landline until I went to college, and then that was just like a miracle, because you could download porn as fast as you possibly could, but that's not my, that's, I'm not trying to make a joke, that's just the fact. I'm more excited about Napster myself. Yeah, I know, right? But even then, with Napster, I was downloading stuff at 2088. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Napster, it, it was 28, and then 56.8. On Pentium 2, and then think about so that's what was the technology at the time of the Matrix, and while they were writing Reloaded. Now the technology we have now, uh, the Wachowskis. Well, and the, think about that. If the next iteration of the Matrix was this much time later, after you know, because that was like no, this is it. So, so what are we saying about that benchmark in human civilization? You're in the Matrix, Morpheus tells him. This is a representation of more or less 1999, because this is the apex of our civilization. Right. Because everything has been downhill since then. Why? What happened? September 11th? <laughs> I really, really... I mean, in our lives, I don't know if there's ever going to be a bigger benchmark than that. I hope Everything not. seemed terrifying to the adults during the cold war and then it ended and then everything seemed fine until the gulf war but yeah that's a huge deal to a lot of people but but, but think about it but think about it like we've grown exponentially in technology since my yeah, point technologically, is technologically technologically sure. now we're thinking of uh okay so right now china is got the jump on us and quantum technology where they can look around corners and the patents that they've been filing have been absolutely uh, almost undecipherable from what they're doing and we, we have no idea what the hell they're doing but we have we know it's about quantum uh, quantum mechanics and now if the Wachowskis are paying attention which I'm sure they are because I know that what how they wrote that as a which still confuses me how do you okay so they both decided that they were women and they wrote Bound. No, I haven't seen complete. it. I don't know what that is. I I've, I've, I've never seen Bound. I've only seen the lesbian sex scene. I'm not trying to be a, a perv on that. I'm just saying like, that's is one it, of the first that have Gen- Is that Jennifer Tilly? Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon. And, uh, right, okay. And Gina Gershon. It's not me being a perv. I'm just saying it, it, it's like, I, 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 how do you put that in perspective? Like, one of the best lesbian sex scenes I've ever seen in my life was written by two, two men that are now women. And I did or identify as one, but whatever you want to call it, I, I, I respect them. But it's it's they they're they're always they've always been progressive in in their sense of technology, anime, artwork. Uh, like the, the the Matrix comic books were amazing. How they got Jeff Darrow to do all of the uh, schematics and the 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 layouts. <laughs> Uh, Schematics. Yeah, remember, remember Jeff Darrow did uh, uh, Rusty and, and and Big Guy. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, that shit was insanely detailed. Uh, it wasn't for if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't have been that detailed. The the the, the fields. Uh, Jeff Darrow is, is a comic book legend. Um, anyway, um, I I want them to integrate quantum technology. I want them to integrate the idea that there's no. That there, yeah, there are probably extraterrestrials, but the idea of the 
extra dimensionals that exist in different vibrations and in, in parallel. I think universes. extra dimensionals is where it's at. Those extra- are the th- I, I I've encountered ghosts and uh, all kinds of spooky shit in my life, but what I really feel like I'm encountering is extra dimensional entities. something something vibrating in a different frequency that somehow is loud yep. enough to that We'll pick. We'll, we'll we'll be able to pick up on a on a regular ass AM radio or through the white noise or or whatever uh, you know electromagnetic yeah. devices they use to to detect these things. It's like we're we're trying to find water with you know the the the, the Y stick. You know, I've seen it done. It's freaking amazing. It works. It's freaking. Out. It's freaking amazing. And um, I'm hoping that they're going to take things to a next a next level. Could you imagine if they took what we just talked about, because we're geniuses and kick-ass writers. Geniuses. Geniuses. And, uh, well, we're a hive mind, so we're just genius. We do have that hive mind thing going for us. We, we, we do have a hive mind. Uh, by the way, it's uh, tomorrow is going to be a year uh, from an anniversary of a wonderful event when I lost uh, 145 pounds. Um <laughs> I recall. When you first met that person, I warned her, warning, we're going to talk and we're going to have a whole conversation in our eyes. And she's like, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, we're going to sit down and talk. And then one of us might accidentally say something out loud because we're not realizing if we're communicating uh, in our minds or out loud. And then later on that night after you came because Jim was dying and she was like, you sat there in thirty for thirty whole minutes in silence, and every now and then said "ha ha ha" because you couldn't control your exuberance, or got sad, or that said a random word that wasn't a "the" or a "the" or an "and." It was a quantum. Like what? Like yeah. She's like, you guys just talked in your head. You guys have a hive mind. Yeah, so genius. So if you guys don't have friends like that, mm, that sucks for you. Um, it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Like, it really happened. It really happened. And she's like, you guys really do communicate that way. Anyway, um... Let's, uh, hope... let's see, man. We gotta yeah. move into it. We gotta yeah. progress here. What's, we we let's, do, we do. You wanna see new characters? I definitely wanna see new characters. I don't care what it is. I just wanna see it. Uh, I want it to... I just, I just want it to have the caliber that it had. And, uh... If the, they, I, I, it, the whole thing could happen in the Matrix or not. Uh, I don't need anything explained. I like the mystery. I want it to stay that way. Bring back all the same actors or don't. There could be those little cameo pieces like you were talking about or whatever. I'm fine with whatever they do. I'm just I'm excited to see it. I'm not um, worried about them... Uh, you know, salvaging something. This isn't. This isn't like, oh, we're you know, you guys are fucking up Star Wars or Indiana Jones or something. Like, no, just just let's see what happens. Okay, it's been it's been all this time, and you had a mainly Christian overtone throughout that franchise. I didn't mind it. What's what's what what's the best thing about about the story of Christ? The second coming. And there you have it. The second coming of Neo. The guy who died for everybody. 
That's a good point. Why I like Superman. That's why I like Thor, the movie Thor. You know, the guy. I have to sacrifice myself to to save everybody. Yep. And there you go. I mean, uh, that's it. To, to, well, I got one little bit left. Uh, mm-hmm. The blueprint is there. You, you, oh, yeah. you wrote the book. You, Wachowski's. You wrote the book. Just make the accents, the bullet points. Okay, this is what we did new. This is what everyone liked. Mm-hmm. This is something that we invented. This is something we appropriated. And now let's just take that to the nth degree. We made bullet time. We had our homies make bullet time. Let's make them, let's challenge them to make something different. Because remember remember in the preview, when you saw Neo do the bullet dodge, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I was like, way more amazed by him sticking his finger in the mirror. Yeah. The, I the remember mercury. sitting at Eskimo Joe's in Stillwater with my girlfriend at the time. The Super Bowl was on. And looking up and seeing that Matrix-style... Warner Brothers logo and going, oh, look at that. That looks cool. What is that? We're watching the commercial, blah, 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 blah. You can't be told what the Matrix is. You can only experience it. It, What I thought was like the best marketing ploy or marketing uh, sentence ever, the best marketing slug line ever. Yeah, because it was at the same time. But you go watch the freaking movie and he exactly explains what it is, whether you can experience it or not. Yep. Um. But yeah, so that being the note, let me let yeah. me get this Larry Fishburne sequence out of the yeah. way. Yeah, tell me about the uh, Larry Fishburne. Is that what he is that what he prefers to be called? He didn't mind being called Larry. He, you know, I mean, he was Larry Fishburne when he was in. Uh, um, oh, what in the bloody hell is that movie with Martin Sheen? Uh, I have very little Martin Sheen movie. Oh God! Apocalypse Spawn Now. He was Larry. He was Larry Fishburne in Apocalypse Now. That's what it was. Uh, excuse me. I'm really enjoying this iced tea. Uh, he. Uh, so okay. I was doing this movie in Oklahoma in 2013 called Rudderless. Uh, if uh, they kept saying it was uh, William H Macy's first directorial movie, but I feel like he'd actually done one before that. Um, and, uh, it is, uh, it was the hardest movie I'd ever worked on. The worst day of my career happened on that movie, but I, and I didn't have a good time working on it. And I've talked to the writers and producers about this and not the producers, but the writers about this in the past, because I'm friends with them and they appreciated the difficulty I experienced. But, uh, so I've got a lot of rough things to say about it. Uh, but uh, one of the good things was that Lawrence Fishburne was there, and he was playing a he had a gravitas role, as I've decided to start calling it. Like instead of being there and being like one of the protagonists, he was playing a secondary character and bringing his personal weight to the role. And so uh, we're in this guitar shop set that we made, and um, he's the guy that owns that place, and I was. He was. I got this opportunity to uh, do a product placement on my friend Justin, who I'm talking about again, and uh, who developed and he he got into a team and they developed a studio microphone called an Equinox microphone, and um, so we got a, we got an Equinox microphone and I got some uh, 
graphics printed up and we got to got to showcase it like feature this item in there and so there's a scene where Lawrence Fishburne is unpacking a box and sticking it in the display case and whatever oh my video is struggling and um <clears throat> there you go and uh so I I'm I'm the props master and I go up to Lawrence I go up to Lawrence Fishburne and I'm like hey okay uh, you got, you just, you just, you know, take your direction from Bill, of course, but you got to hit these beats with this thing just so, you know, get it, get it to, for the camera movement and everything. And he's like, okay, sure. And we're standing there for a second because they're still blocking it out with, uh, Billy Crudup, who was also in the scene. And, um, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't want to bug this guy while he's getting ready to do his work and everything, but he just kind of like, he just had this uh effortless effortless kind of air to him like i just got this i totally have this just smooth as freaking silk he never came off like wondering about anything he just had his shit together and he's standing there and he's messing with it and he's like you build this set and i'm like no uh the rest of the art department did i'm just handling the props and he's like okay and uh i'm like this is actually a buddy of mine's microphone and he gave it to us for product placement, and uh, we're all really excited about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. And I said, yeah. And consequently, uh, throughout the 90s, he used to dress up as you, or Morpheus anyways, uh, when we would go nightclubbing. He had a vinyl vinyl trench coat, and he just kind of has your body style and everything. And he was like, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, well, why, why why is that scary? And he's like, oh, because of Morpheus. I was like, oh, okay, not like rabid fan type of scary or anything. He's like, no, I can appreciate the style, but Morpheus, Morpheus scares the shit out of me. I was like, really? Uh, you played Morpheus, and he's like, yeah, but somebody with that much conviction, somebody with that much, uh, you know, certainty, assuredness. And I'm going like this is all he conveys, like consistent capability. I never fucking thought of it that way. Jesus Christ! No wonder they were all so scared of him, but they still believed him. Because what if he's right? He believes exactly. so much. What if he's right? What if he's this right? This little what, conversation. But what does Morpheus like, changed my take on the whole Matrix? You know, everybody's quite. You know, you've got all those people who are believers in him, and they believe in Morpheus. As much as they believe in the prophecy of Neo. And so, you know, Lawrence is standing there telling me that. And I was just like, my whole brain about that franchise just got twisted over it. You, you just did and, that to me right now. I never thought about that. Uh, way. How, how scary would it be an actor to play a guy that that convinced the complete opposite of a Judas that believed in a Messiah that he was going to find. And this Messiah was not going to kill himself or die but save everybody exactly it just wow. it was crazy to hear him say that and then uh you know he was also so good as to it because there were only there was only uh me and one other guy in the props department if if we could not catch up to him for to collect his props at the end of the day he left them in completely plain sight in his trailer we go and collect them it's totally cool very much appreciated lawrence fishburne thank you very much class act one of my uh, favorite when I was working at the 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 daily at OU, um, I worked with James Nim, 
and mm-hmm. he was he was working on being a uh, a stand up comedian, and uh, uh, me and my buddy uh, Daniel were sitting there like going over like a bunch of the random things we'd get in the mail, and he's like, "You won't fucking believe what happened." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "So I'm pissing at the fucking urinal, and this guy mm-hmm. goes up the next urinal." And he puts his arms behind his hand, just holds his, he puts his arms behind his hands, <laughs> Sick. behind his back, behind his back, and just holds his dick out with his own thrust, like he's fucking Morpheus. And we almost pissed ourselves <laughs> laughing. We almost pissed ourselves laughing, because you remember Morpheus would always do that, and uh, uh, I, I gotta keep going on this, man. Like, I gotta say one of my favorite characters, other than, like, the, the head crew of the Neb. Um, love the switch. Uh, but the kid, the kid mm. was something yeah. special. Um, if if you, you have, didn't for years, all the years I've known you, the kid has been the consistent through line character in the Matrix that you have always referenced. The the kid. So if you've watched, if if you guys have barely known this, or or just half heartedly remember it, or just are happy about it, um. He's the kid that shows up when the Neb shows up in Zion, and he's waiting. He's like, how does he always know? He's like, oh, can I get your bags? And I'm like, yeah, you can carry these. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you, you saved me. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I really thought real hard about it. And, you know, I think I want to join the Nebuchadnezzar. Of course you do, kid. And, you know, th- that's what they're thinking. And But if you saw his transubstantiation, where he woke himself up. Oh, yeah, in the uh, Animatrix? Where he in the Animatrix when he like he's he's they're playing uh, Who Am I and it's one of the best like like uh, those those neo like cyberpunk tracks that came out at the time. Who am I? That's what's playing, and he's sitting in front of a DOS prompt in in one of those like black net chat rooms. Am I alone? And he falls asleep and wakes up. You're not alone. And he goes to school. He he's obsessing about it, and the phone rings. <laughs> yeah, he turns it off, takes the battery out. Phone still rings. They're here. They know you know. Get out. Get out now. And the <laughs> the, the 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 simple the simple the simplicity that someone from the other side that he fully believed in. From the other side, through his computer, told him to to get the fuck out. And he grabs his skateboard, and we see some of the best animation we've ever seen to Juno Ranchers Master of the Universe as he outraces fully <laughs> matured agents and then and then decides to die, which you die in the matrix, you die in the real world. No, he threw himself off off the, the top of the building and woke his own ass up. Oh man, that, that 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 just gave me chills, especially at the end, as he's the uh, he's the who was the messenger for Mercury, and that that that's that's who who, who he reminded me of. Was that what uh, you said? Is that, was that right? It, it, night, it was it reminded me of that, that like when he he's racing, and not referencing the the racer the 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 uh, racer from the other issue episode from the Animatrix. Um, I'm talking about where he's the one that shows up 
after all his running and he's like zion the war is over the war is over and like when yeah. when, when, when the the machines take off and and or when he's standing next to morpheus and morpheus mm. like he he fights for us and, and i i only my only complaint about that as much as i appreciate what that character does for the for the whole story and uh, some people had their issues with him i that part unfortunately is just a little candy assed it really takes me out of the circumstances and takes me out of the movie for him to just be freaking out like that i'm like oh but he was it, a fanboy. He was still a fanboy. Of course, how would he not freak out about that? I know, but, but but I get it. I get where you're coming from. And, and it's it when you watch older movies. It, I don't know if you ever watched like black and white or early color World War II movies from the '60s, where they were like, "It's been 20 years. We can feel kind of okay or even nostalgic about this horrendous thing that happened in our lives." And you always have these weird characters that are are just. Over, a little too cartoony, a little over. You have like the protagonist who's yeah. plausibly and realistic, and you have the Loud love interest who swoons. But then you've got some weird side character who's a little too goofy, you know. And uh, he turns into that at the end, and it just pulls, it just rips me out of the circumstances. I don't, I just, but nevertheless, I really, really love that character. But as a quick rebuttal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You're completely correct. But the, the what, what keeps me still heart-swollen to him is the fact that he was smart enough to wake himself up. Yes. They didn't do any... I mean, they barely touch on that. It's a line of dialogue. But you need the animatrix to know that. If you never... MFers, subscribers, friends, listeners, if you've never watch the animatrix it's totally worth it for that one alone but simultaneously yeah, but you do have all that other good content in there you know yeah but don't forget how old how old are you kid 18 you should have said you're six you're 15 i'm 16 yeah then i would have believed you. exactly and oh dude like, what, i never changed i never finished the training program neither did i neither i mean did I. it's neither just did i perfect like, like, every everything I, they gave it. him I lost it when he's like, "Yeah, I won't let you down. You better not. You better yeah. not." And he's like, "Get out of here, kid. Get out of here." No, no, he, he wasn't leaving the Thuni. Like he, he kicked. If it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for the kid's belief, and I know it had that cheesy line where, like, you know, like, "Oh, I, I believe, believe in you. I believe." And like he shoots down the chains, and like, but like if 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 he wasn't so devoted. But he, he believed in something that was real. And I pray it, to God they don't steal that from It's over the top, us. but the, it's, it's, like, it's like watching The Fifth Element to me. I hated it the first time. And then, I, but I was like, yeah, you know, uh, and then it was on again. And I'm like, uh, and then it was still on. And it just kept being on. And you're just watching it over and over and over again. And I'm like. You know what? I like this. I like the Fifth Element more every single time I watch it, and that's kind of the same thing. Even all the even all the parts of the Matrix movies that I initially was like, "You guys are way too high on your on the smell of your own cum." It just somehow or another that stuff. The 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 older I get, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, "No, this is integral. It is incredible." And it, it yeah, that stuff. It's the a stuff new religion. With, uh, 
But yeah, I mean, yeah, for real. The stuff with uh, Link's girlfriend. What was her freaking name? What's Z. the kid? Who's the kid actor? What Z. the guy that played the kid? Have we seen him in anything else? I, I oh. it occurs to me to check. I mean, I I don't. It's, I, it's, I, it's one of those things that I've looked up a million times. I'll look it up in the major. Keep talking. Yeah, like when I was, uh, I, I'm gonna do a. I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, a friend of mine from work has a a podcast and a, uh, a recorded series that he does. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about when it happens. It'll be in September. So I'm going to go down to the city and do that show. And then we're going to talk about professional filmmaking and stuff like that. But uh, one of the uh, questions he asked uh, in a primer was, you know, what are your inspirations? And I thought about that question today. And uh, one of my inspirations is character actors. When I was a kid, I was watching movies all the time on HBO and character actors who would be, you know, secondary characters. Oh, yeah, this guy's in that movie. Oh, yeah, that guy's in that movie. Or, you know, like you'd see John Spencer in The Rock. And then suddenly there he was on the West Wing until his unfortunate, un, 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 untimely death. But, like, just character actors. People who are like, yeah, this is what I play. I play crotchety cops or whatever. Uh, this, uh, uh, this gentleman was I named... felt like he was a character actor, and I never knew where he came from or where he went. But, his, yeah. name's, his name's Clayton Watson. Mm -hmm. Born in 1977? Jesus Christ. He's exactly my age. And um, he's still acting. And he's from Australia. One of the coolest oh, moments of my sense. life. One of the coolest he's moments of life. He's probably crushing it in Australia, huh? He's, yeah. Uh, I was on, a, I was on the, the plane trip when we were leaving Alaska to Guam. And um, we're, leaving we're leaving LAX to go to a little other airport to go to another one to get to fucking Hawaii. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm sitting next to this guy with a... He's got cool, kick-ass, spiked hair, which my hair was trying to be spiked like his. And uh, he's hes just... He's Australian. And, and uh, he's like, what do you listen to, mate? And I'm like, I'm listening to a, a record called Onima by Tool. And he was like, I've never heard of Tool. And I'm like, is it, is it, hmm. is it, is it rock? And I'm like, yeah, it's metal. It's... It, it's metal and he's like how metal and i'm like well it's not like it's not like judas priest or pantera but it's still metal and he's like he pulls out his giant book of cds because remember when you used to carry on no, a giant book dude. of cds yeah and, and he's like well i'd like to listen to it and he he's got his like he's got a he had the same panasonic um thirty dollar handheld cd player you know like you that had a, a sure. little bit of a you can shake it a bit but it would still skip if you shook it too much <laughs> yes. he had the same one and um we had the same headphones it was so uh serendipitous uh i had those sony behind the ear silver ones and um mm -hmm. and he's like let me listen to it and uh, oh yeah sure and he's like well let me listen let me show you something else and he gives me a cd called halloween by a band i've never heard of a metal band from australia but um, that wrong uh, i think from australia uh but it's called halloween he's the first one that inter introduced me to i'm getting somewhere with this by the way that introduced me to halloween and um so for the little bit of the flight he gets to listen to the entirety of tools anim anima and uh i listen to halloween <laughs> and my mind is blown his mind is blown and he just says keep it yeah and i'm like and i'm like i 
I, I'm not letting you keep that. And he's like, I understand, I can buy it. <laughs> and I was like, what, what, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, I'm on my way to the X Games. I, uh, I'm a rollerblader. No shit. And he's like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're, you're Australian? He's like, yeah. And we start talking a bit, and he mentioned, and the point of the story is, is he's like, you know that water fountain that they walk past? Oh, and, right, uh-huh. Uh, when, oh my when god, they meet, that when piece they, of music clubbed to death. Yeah, clubbed to death Fuck. by Rob, Rob, by Rob Duggan. And uh, he's mm-hmm. like, you know that scene in The Matrix where they walk past and they meet the woman in the red dress and they mm-hmm. walk past that uh, water fountain. Uh, I used to skateboard that every day. <laughs> like, yeah. You lucky son of a bitch. Anyway, yeah, we yeah. gotta move past Matrix. We we gotta talk about some comics. We have talked the hell out of. We talked an hour and seven minutes about the Matrix, probably minus a couple of seconds. We had a little bit of a technical issue yeah. back there where the agents were giving us grief. But uh, yeah, folks, tell us what you think about this new Matrix movie, uh, whether you knew about it or not, and tell us what you think about the old Matrix. Feedback. Give us some content. Content is king. And we want to talk to you about what you want to talk to us about when next we speak. So, just uh, uh, real quick yeah. to uh, brush on some wrestling. Hold up. Holding up. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we we get to talk about some comics, and uh, we were talking about Kotobushi oh, uh, winning the G1. Yes. Uh, finally beating. Uh, this was epic. Um, guys, if you know me, I'll share my password with anyone. I don't give a shit. Uh, for New Japan. Ibushi beating um, uh, Okada. Finally. It was almost as good, or it was actually just as good as Shinsuke and AJ and... Um, it wasn't as good as Kenny and Okada. That's that's for goddamn sure. That was a good those, damn those match. Are... That one. Mm. Oh, all three of them. Um, go back and uh, reread, uh, rewatch those if you haven't got the chance. Uh, Impact's been a little, little. Uh, I I feel like the wrestling world right now is on pause because nobody knows what's gonna happen. When AEW, or for, we've got All Out coming out in like uh, less than two weeks, and when uh, they they haven't announced the name uh, from what everyone thinks it's going to be uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite, and the WWE has moved officially uh, uh, before schedule announced that NXT is going to be on USA instead of Fox, and on Wednesday nights to compete with this and the old man is apparently shitting his britches and everyone's worried as shit that what's going to happen in NXT not because they're worried that AEW is going to some way eclipse NXT and shit's going to go wrong everyone's worried about that the old man is going to take the reins of NXT from Triple H mm. and ruin shit and ruin shit, and that's extremely possible because he's got a lot on his plate right now. The XFL just announced the the, the, the nine or 12 teams that are going to happen in 2020, and I personally don't give too many shits about that because I watch enough football, but even then, god damn it, if, if they fuck up NXT just to try to compete with NXT, uh, AEW, 
like I, I imagine like the AEW guys looking like the, even the higher ups are, like feeling sorry for everyone that's going on in that in that particular project. If the old man takes it away from from Triple H, like oh no, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna send these guys to the main roster now. Like no, NXT's been perfect since its inception. Like, I've I've never had a problem with NXT. Um, Hero clicks. Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let me take over on that one because we tried to play one time and uh, it tried your patience, did it not? It did. Uh, <laughs> I was. It's a lot. It of new did. Rules, it wasn't suddenly. It's it. It was a lot of new rules, but it was also the wrong environment. Like if if you go to Muse Comics on any given night for Friday night magic. Yeah. Or even Saturday night, or even like Sunday afternoon, if they're playing Commander, anyone that will play you will help you. Well, you think I wasn't trying to help you? I... No, you were helping me, but your friends didn't give two shits about like any of that shit. They they were like they didn't bother like helping anything. Wait, like what are you that. talking about? I'm when not you're playing saying in my bedroom in a in a at home. No, no, we we went to Hastings the next day. Remember? Oh, dude. Okay, that's different. Yeah, we we. We went to Hastings the next day. Those guys were uninviting. And they not, were like, really competitive because they wanted to, it was it was a tournament day and they wanted to accumulate their like points. I was gonna win. Okay, so folks, I don't know. You've probably seen this game, and I don't know how well it's doing, but they keep jamming out new sets. And God help us, they just gave us another kick-ass Star Trek set based mainly around the uh, Next Generation crew. Uh, there's always a new DC or Marvel set coming out. They have all these other wacky sets that they've done in the past that don't amount to anything. Uh, they did one for, there was a tie-in to the Jonah Hex movie that nobody saw. They did one for Pacific Rim that was freaking badass. So what it is, is basically, imagine you're playing chess and you've got a map instead of a chessboard, but it's still got a grid pattern out. And, um... Your pieces don't have to move any particular direction. They all have an ability to move, more or less. Uh, and then there are other little areas on the map. So you have like hindering terrain, or you have raised terrain, or water. And you have things that change how you can move around and stuff like that. Well, what I'm excited about is this new WWE set. And uh, because like if you've got superheroes... It makes, it makes sense. You've got flying characters. You've got guys who can hide in the shadows or hide in the bushes. Or you've got uh, guys who have better movement in the water or worse movement because of it. So imagine your chess pieces, right? Every one of them is different. Uh, and every one of them has a click base. So the base that it stands, you've got a, a pre-painted sculpted figure that is particular to the character that it's portraying, and it has a click base. So I'm gonna, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm just clicking through. And- uh, I can hear it. So like, let's say you've got, uh, let's say you, I don't know, for instance, everybody knows who Superman is, right? So Superman should always be a high point value guy. Um, Superman has, up to the possibility of like, let's say 12 clicks worth of damage he can take before he gets KO'd from the game. Your chess piece, you, ki you kill it, it's knocked out, right? In this game, you have multiple clicks worth of damage. 
so your piece can stay in the game longer. And there are number values for movement, attack, defense, and how much damage they can dish out. And then, uh, so you usually say like, okay, I've got a guy that's got uh, this so much attack, I have to roll the dice and see if I can, oh, if I can roll above the defensive value of this dude. Well, that's how you figure out how many clicks of damage somebody's gonna take, and then they all have these extra color powers. So you can make them more particular to the game piece. So, you know, Professor X is gonna do something different than Wolverine is gonna do, and Cyclops and Magneto and blah, blah, blah. So they really, really refined this now. Up until about 2005, it was kind of inscrutable to me for some dumb reason, I just wasn't getting it. But then they started adding these cards to the to the to them that said why they had these powers and it suddenly blew up in my head this is why this game makes so much sense so the difference is that you know what we're looking at here is this new WWE set that looks incredible and they've got legacy characters they've got modern characters i saw Eddie Guerrero uh, you know i'm sure there's an Andre the Giant in there i'm sure there's Macho Man i'm sure there's Hulk Hogan they've they've uh, promoted AJ Styles, they promoted Triple H, they promoted, uh, uh, those are the ones that I've seen. I'm sure we're going to have Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, maybe a demon variant, all kinds of cool stuff. And then there's a, there'll be like a ring. So you'll have so much movement, or maybe you can do something where somebody's climbing up and down off of the, off of the, off the ropes or whatever and then they'll do kick-ass stuff where it's like okay so you've got something and it's like okay walk with elias that'll be a power that's particular to him there will be base level powers base level defenses things that make sense so that everybody has a bit of an even play even playing field but then you're going to have finishers and you're going to have things that build up in the turn-based gaming gameplay that allow you to build up to being able to do a finisher so i think that's a cool gameplay aspect and i i am like the game has or this expansion hasn't come out yet i don't have any of these i'm just excited because it's this license and also because the possibility for gameplay works out so well however i wouldn't expect to see you know seth rollins fighting spider-man because the rules of gameplay probably don't work very well Initially, it came out right. it was Marvel and DC Clicks. Hero Clicks was originally a baseball game. There were baseball players, and somehow or another, that didn't work. I don't think their game system was very well refined. And then it transmuted very well into superheroes, and uh, they just kept releasing new expansions to add new characters that weren't in the previous one, and blah blah blah. And then they really had some diametric shifts. Uh, Ultimately, it's turned into something that can be as convoluted or as simple as you want it to be. You can probably find these guys in certain game stores in a glass case, you know, for varying price points. You can get on eBay and look these guys up. Or you could check out a, uh, a fan site called HC Realms, and you can go through and look at every expansion and see, like, every iteration of Doctor Strange or... Brainiac or whatever the crap you're interested in. Uh, and it was always a question like, okay, so I've got Star Trek ships now and Star Trek Heroclix tactics. Like, 
if Superman or Green Lantern is out there, is that going to make any sense, like, fighting them? No, they're totally overwhelming. The point of the game is, like, you set it up to where it's, like, I've got a... I've got... Josh is a 250-point character, and I'm a, I don't know, 175-point character. And we're like, okay, we're going to play a team that's roughly based around 400 points, and you just kind of finagle it to make it make sense because you've got these odd numbers all over the place. And then you have so many actions per turn that you can take based on how many hundreds of points of, uh, uh, of team-based play you want to do. And, um, I mean, basically, I've been playing it on and off for years. I spent way more money than I ever intended doing it. Uh, and you can find organized play at, at game stores all over the place. You can't really get these things uh, at Walmart, but, like, Target usually has exclusives. Uh, it's just one of those things. If you've got a local game store, go, go see if they're carrying it or see who might be. And... Um, <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, I just think that this WWE thing is going to be a cool element to it, especially with all of these different sculpts they've got. The quality has become super uniform over the years, and uh, it's just gone up and up and up for the last, I'm going to say, five years of, uh, of gameplay I've been doing. I just remember buying really expensive guys in 2012 when, uh, like, in, in anticipation of the AVX release. And then that finally came out, and that was baller. But uh, bullshit. You didn't like it. You didn't like that that uh, storyline. <laughs> oh, that storyline was garbage. <laughs> the prophesized. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not. It's not that it was garbage. It was just another X Men story. Yeah, but at least it had ramifications that persisted into the rest of it. Like, what all is going on in X stuff right now? that is persisting into the rest of the world. Begin with your with your X-Men commentary, please. All right. Now, uh, that was a, one of the best segues we've ever Yeah, had. man, that was uh yeah, no, it was slicker than slicker than whale snot. It's slicker than uh, snot on a door handle. Oh, no, man, that that dry up and get tacky <laughs> really quick. <clears throat> Not my snot. Okay. Let me bring this up. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, go. We've got House of X 1 and 2 and Powers of X 1 and 2 so far. Jonathan Hickman is taking helm on this. Now, at first, I've had to read these things two, three times. It took me a bit to wrap my mind around things. I, You're not going to get very many spoilers on this one, guys. I... I it's just one of those things that you have to trust the writer. Like when uh, Dan Slott announced, or they announced that Dan Slott was writing The Death of Peter Parker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everyone's like sending him death threats. Okay. And then uh, this dude on Reddit was like, seriously, you guys are sending this guy death threats and doubting literally the biggest Spider-Man fan of all time. He's not going to do us wrong. And he did not do us wrong because his superior, superior Spider-Man was amazing. And the payoff was just as good as the build up to the payoff now hickman i i want you guys if you guys are who i think you are and why you're listening to this is that hickman did manhattan projects and hickman had a huge hand in the graphic design of the actual book 
So you'll you'll turn a page and there'll be different logos, different fonts, uh, different different rearrangements of things in space and time that you would never truly think that would pay off, but when you see it in this presentation, and it's it's beautiful. There, there's a different language going around. Um, the House of X cover has Xavier, and they haven't truly fleshed out what happened with Proteus and oh, yeah. make. <clears throat> For for Professor for for Charles coming back after uh, uh, Scott killed him a couple of years ago before the whole Inhumans uh, snafu. Yeah. After the hard reset from Age of X Men, these uh, human representatives are invited to invited, <clears throat> excuse me, to New Jerusalem to discuss this new drug that the mutants are making okay a drug like and it breaks down all of a sudden you turn the page perfectly stylized fonts perfect placements of words there's no artwork in this other than words and shapes and it's gorgeous like these expositional pages where they describe what just happened or who you just met are perfectly designed to meet the eye well and it'll blow your mind the design okay this new flower that the X-Men are cultivating, and it starts out like one year ago, eight months ago, five months ago. You see Storm planting a, a plant. You see uh, Nightcrawler in the Savage Land planting a plant, the same plant. And you really get, this is something you really have to pay attention to, because I really bitched about the, how, how convoluted it was at first. And then I finally, like, okay, just open my mind, just fucking watch this and read it. And... These plants not only can be synthesized into drugs for humans, but can be drugs for the mutants as well. There's three different uses, and I'm only going to tell you two of what the, the drug can do for human beings. On one end, if it's synthesized through this way, through this particular way to ingest, and uh, unfortunately there's no suppositories. Um, <laughs> um, can we snort any of This it? drug... <laughs> Yeah, I Can know, right? Butt chug uh, it. This drug will add. Jeez, oh, <laughs> butt chug it. I'm just, I'm just thinking about Farnsworth. Oh, what a great <laughs> thing! If only they made it in suppository form. <laughs> I can't swallow that. Well, then, good news. It's a suppository. <laughs> um, the first version of the drug will add five years to your life. The next version is a synthesized. Super antibiotic. Everybody got real silent. You're, you're cured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the third version, you'll find out. Uh, it does things for mutants as well. But the thing about planting the plant is if you're a mutant, if you plant the plant, it will create a dimensional portal from point A to point B to Krakoa. And if you know anything about Krakoa, it's the living mutant pl- uh, plant world uh you know, a uh, bit of a uh, um, sod, bit of sod. sod. <laughs> it's what um, we built houses out of in the uh, 1800s. Right. Right. Well, they have all of a sudden, uh, if you're looking at a map and you're looking at the South Pacific, um, you're seeing Guam. All oh, right. Uh-huh. Japan. Australia. In Krakoa is, I want to say, about 20% landmass the size of Australia. And they Xavier telepathically 
communicates to all the world leaders, hey, come here, we should talk. And they get to New Jerusalem in New York, and they go into the building, and they're not greeted by Xavier, which who they were expecting. They're greeted by the Cuckoos. Yay! Love them. <laughs> Great characters. And thank love you, them. Grant Morrison. But the thing about this, thank you, Grant Morrison, because this is a true blue homage. What? Not homage. That's the wrong word. It's like is it a next homage? Step. Hick. A I'm homage. A homage. Uh, uh, they. He saw what Grant Morrison did with New X-Men and said, you know what, someone should do that again. And that's what's happening right now. The Cuckoos meet up with these world leaders like, where's Xavier? Oh, he's not going to be here. Who just said that? Oh, that's Magneto. We should all be scared. Ah, don't worry about it, dudes. Uh, yeah, you're in a big building that's filled with uh, these uh, dimensional portals from one point, point uh, not dimensional, uh, earthly portals from one point A, point B. We just want to show you how far we can reach. And they walk through one portal and they end up in like the Himalayas and you see Zorn teaching yoga to like a bunch of like mutants and like, Hey, how you doing? They walk through another portal and they're in the savage land and, and the human leaders are like, well, uh, what do you want? And they're like, Oh, actually we're not done yet. And then one of the cuckoos is like, or not one of the cuckoos, one of the other telepaths they just introduced. There, there are so many new characters they introduced are like, well, that person is not who he's supposed to be. That one's scared shitless. This one is, like, adept at, like, taking this over. And they're like, listen, you can either do business with us or you do not. And then they go into exposition that, like, yeah, this plant is the main export for Krakoa. This is how this is how the mutants are making their money. This is their main export. Like, I don't know, like, uh, what did they call it in the Matrix? Zero One. What what did they call what? The, like <clears throat> zero one zero one that when the when the robots were exiled out of uh, the states oh. and uh, they, they started zero one, okay. and their main export was those flying cars. Well, these guys have uh, the the mutants have these this this pharmaceutical drug that's not has any sort of hallucinogenic or illicit high type feelings. You want this and. This was just, just us pulling our dick out and showing you we have the ability to go anywhere we want in the world as long as one of us mutants can plant a plant here. We can go in and out. Also, you can't go in and out into the portals if you're human on your own. You have to be invited and be with another mutant. And even the mutants have to be invited by Krakoa. And we had to invite in, invent a whole new uh, language uh, to you walk through here you go through the, this is where you're going to end up. I'm like, well, is it a language? Well, we don't really know. That's just, they're just symbols Krakoa made up. But they really had to make a new language. So you've got a new environment with, they're introducing like, probably like 10 new mutants. Great. That's all we need, more mutants. <laughs> and, a, and a new language. Of course we need new, like, that's what Morrison did. And, um. They better be awesome. Why not? They better and, be Stepford Cuckoo quality oh, mutants. I want more Quentin Choir. Okay. More armor. We're getting actually armor is a job. We're getting guy, right? We're getting Kid Omega level status already in these four issues already, and of course Magneto obviously has his own agenda. But at the same time, though, the odd thing is, and here's the kicker, and this is why I had to reread it, is because they start Powers of X and number two, and it's like the the new life of Moira, Moira, right, X, right. and it's not Moira, <clears throat> it's it's Moira. It's more of a taggart, but it's a different version of her, but she's a mutant, and her mutant power is reincarnation. Oh. And that's every cool. time she gets re her new her new let's say every time she gets reincarnated, 
she has the same memory of what she left off as, but she's like back where she was when she started. So she has all the choices like, okay, so I met Charles at this point and then this went wrong. And then I betrayed Charles at this point part and this went wrong and ended up with, with apocalypse. And I met him earlier at this time and this went wrong. And then they revealed to her like, listen, you only have up to X point to, to be reincarnated. If you, if you get killed before you remember your old life, you're done. Oh, wow. All right. Now, so, so here's the extra kicker kicker is the fact that like, so she's influencing everything that's going on. Cause they introduced her in powers of X. They didn't really go into it until two, but they're telling like four stories at once. So they'll, they'll split the pages just like in Manhattan. Like this is one year from now and you'll read it. And then the next panel down is one splice from uh, a to B from point from page one to page two. And then the the bottom panel is like ten years from mm-hmm. now, and you're like, okay, so okay, so we've got this isn't exactly time travel. You're just seeing everything all at once, concurrent like, um, like timelines, right? Yes, concurrent timelines. But then, how does that factor in to Moira being able to constantly be resurrected and then influence things? But at the same time, though, the main storyline is that so the mutants have done this and this and this, Krakoa, their sovereign nation. Um, Reed and Tony have been seriously gone, unless you're reading the books. The rest of the world, Reed and, and Tony have been gone for years, and their copyright, whatever, has expired on their own tech. And humans have gotten their hands on the, the Stark and Reed mm-hmm. tech that previously they could not get their hands on, but because these guys are off-world or dead, they have appropriated this and taken it and taken the head of a master mold that is orbiting the orbiting the sun within probably about a 1,000 kilometers. I mean, it's that damn close in a space station, and it's the head of a master mold that spits out more master molds and nimrods. And in the, the split where you're reading things in one... One year ago, one year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, there's a a, a, or a techno organic Nimrod that is absolutely off his fucking rocker and can see everything all at once. And that's the best I got for you guys. Fascinating. There's a lot going on there. I am not typically just like, hey, let's get another X book, but this one you have you've sold me on this. Uh, so I'm gonna be picking this up because this this feels like there's all kinds of potential here. I just, dude, it's yeah. it's it's Hickman. We 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 we've slaved over Manhattan Project. Oh yeah, completely. That and like that Fantastic Four work that he did several years ago. That bit where they were in Scotland and Valeria and Doctor Doom. I mean, just wonderful material. That guy's brilliant. But now he's right. Now he has the reins. Of the X Men, and God bless him. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm down to I'm down yeah, to party yeah, on that one. I I had to explain this to some dudes in the smoke shack at work today, and they're like, "Well, wait, you're reading House of X? Yeah." I'm like, "Which ones you read? All of them." Tell me what's going on. Wait, and then we get in the talk about the Matrix because I'm like, I want this to be this. Like, it, it's like it's serendipitous. Like, it, you, we can say it again. Um. See three paths. 
63 ships recasting. Recast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's why not it be like a, a mini renaissance for comic writing? Yeah, what I yeah, that'd be awesome. If, if the best renaissance I could imagine in Marvel is for somebody to have the reins of the X Men, there needs to be an X Men czar or an X czar, there needs to be an Avengers czar, and there needs to be an everything else czar, and they need to. Uh, they need to be con- controlling the consistent through line of everything so that all of their event books can coincide. That's always been what I wanted. Whatever's happening, whatever's happening, I, I, like, I feel like I coined this term, this is collegiate-level comic writing. <laughs> I've been saying it. I've been saying it. Um, uh, the other thing I want to mention real quick is... A lot of good books came out this week, but not as good as talking about The Matrix or House of X or Powers of X. Um, Separation Anxiety from the uh, Absolute Carnage was it was decent. So was Scream. Agents of, Agents of Atlas was a big piece of shit. Spidey is... I don't even know why they're doing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man right now, while they're doing Absolute Carnage without the tie-ins right now. Um, unless there's something that came out today that I missed. Also... Arrow is good, and Captain America is, eh, I don't know, decent. Uh, I wouldn't buy it. Something that needs analog uh, through Image was my third favorite book this week. And if you're not reading Analog by uh, Duggan, O'Sullivan, Spicer, Sabino, uh, it's something that needs to be read in trade. So if if you haven't, if you're not concurrent with it, then don't bother. Just wait for the, the trade to come out. Course curse words and what was the other one that really set my ass on fire? There was one other one. Where the hell are you? The white trees. Oh yeah, right. You were mentioning that Chip, earlier. Chips at RC. Writing, Chris Anka art, Matt Wilson. Color art. Mm-hmm. How we bitch about, like, oh, don't just, like, turn Iceman gay, write a good gay character. Yeah. Or a bisexual character. They switch things back and forth in this. Uh, this is my pick of the week. And I'm not going to give you any spoilers other than... Well, I don't mean, like, that's not a spoiler, what I said, because there's homosexuality in it. Um, if, if you're looking for high adventure, if you're looking for almost one and done, this is a one of two. Yeah. The artwork... It's phenomenal. The perspectives they give. Um, I took a screenshot of one of the main pages because the main protagonist is like the ultimate warrior S guy that's brought back into the fold to fight another battle because him, his daughter, and uh, his ex friends that he used to do like win a major war with are. They've been kidnapped, and the king says, go find them and then fix this shit. And their perspective mom-dads are, did you know this is going on? No. But he's so stoic. And they wander into the... After they they, they come, up, come across a dragon, mm-hmm. and the dragon is about to kill him, and he just walks up to the dragon's face and stares it in the eyes, and the dragon just, like, kind of, like... Like the the drawing is perfect. It just kind of it doesn't like yield. It just kind of lays its head down a little flatter. Yeah. 
and he walks up to the dragon, walks past it, pulls finally pulls out his sword, who he's supposed to be the greatest warrior, and instead of stabbing it, cuts the cuts a chain, and then poof, dragon takes off, stops and looks back. And as him and his ex compadres are camping, he goes out to find some food and some evil fairies start tempting them with their most uh delirious delusions of sexual appetite satisfaction except while his two compatriots are busy getting it on he they can't get a hold of him all of a sudden he's surrounded by all these mystical fairies that are just fucking and dude it's it's really graphic i mean we're talking like like hand jobs blow jobs rim jobs like eight people fucking and like uh I'm not trying to be lurid, like that's what they're drawing, and but they don't do it in a in a pornographic fashion. Like these fairies are tempting him as much as he can, and the, the the fairies tempted his other two compatriots just enough that it was one or two people. They can't get a grasp on him, and he's staring at them, and they're doing everything to entice him. And finally, one of these fairies takes the time to kiss him, and I'm gonna read it to you. His name is Krylos. Krylos, the bold. She's naked, she's floating above him. It's time to be bold again. And she kisses him on the mouth, and it's just his time. And she pulls back and reels and touches her mouth. And I've never, I've never, there's no ember, no ember to fawn. There's no joy in you. Just resolve, just sadness. And then the illusion of orgy just disappears around him mm. and he touches her face and as she's dissipating because while well, her I guess her tribe is to like you know lure people in the woods and like sirens yeah. he was so sad he touches her face as she's dissipating and he just holds the skull in his hand her skull and he just he goes back to camp and he finds some food and these guys finally woke up from their delirium he throws a skull at them and he remembers a, a memory of his daughter who he's trying to find and she had drawn a skull and he's like you brought death into, death into our house and she's like no it's art and he's like no it's death I won't stand for this and she's like why won't you be happy why why do you refuse to be happy everything's about mom you, she's gone why would we be happy and then just like oh dude it's one of two yeah Zdarsky Chip Zdarsky I don't know if I'm sold on so that's that. That's what one. I that's got for this wild. week. It's it's a little wild. It's a little wild. You, you, it, it, I had to, I tried to read this three times until I finally got like halfway through, and then I and then I found like that book. You, you know what I'm saying? Like like there's something here, there's something here, and then you get a little further, and like oh, damn it, Rachel, maybe later. Yeah. Took me three times, and finally I found my foothold. What do you got? You know, I mean, I read Doctor Strange. Uh, it, we have been, you know, we've gone on and on about Doctor Strange lately. I'm just going to say the consistency remains the same. And that's what, I mean, that's all you can say about consistency. If you want to use the contiguity. Uh, no, like, it's the same artwork. It's the same really excellent storytelling. Um it is emotional, and this one is again another one that's worth picking up. Uh, I and I just 
you know, I don't know how much I really need to delve into that one. It continues with uh, the current storyline, and and it's it, I, you know, it, it, if you're reading it, good. If you're not reading it, go back several issues and catch up to this. It's cool. I'm interested in seeing where they're going to launch off into next. But uh, really, I mean, I took a what I feel like is a considerable risk uh, for my four dollars. Um, and, uh, and I, uh, doubled down and I grabbed a couple of Archie books. So nice. <clears throat> last year I watched Riverdale seasons one and two, mainly because I saw so much neon in the, uh, promotions. I was just like, that show just looks like another CW show and it's Riverdale. So it's obviously Archie related. And I thought that's kind of uh, cool, and I'm impressed that there's a, an attempt at a TV series. And then, because um, I was going out with a girl, and she and I were interested in finding something that we could watch, and she said she'd seen some of it, and I was like, oh yeah, I'd be interested in checking that out. And of course, like a lot of stuff, she didn't realize was already bound to a uh, pre-existing property. Um this was uh, one of them. She didn't know that it was a comic book. And uh, so we uh, <clears throat> we got into it. And I loved the first and second season. I loved all these characters. I've talked about it before. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that show. I want to watch the third season. I think... Uh, um, oh, I can't think of her na last name suddenly. Lily, the young lady that plays uh, Betty Cooper on the show, is phenomenal she is an amazing emotive actress heart crushing just so good and she's this incredible canvas they can make her look completely hometown they can make her look sultry she i mean she's just got so much going for her as an actress her talent is through the roof those eyes oh they just they really know it like we can they they know that she's that good and they will give her the really they'll give her the screen time and the close-ups to to just sell it. She just she could do it in medium frame, she could do it in two button shots, she could do it in cowboys. If you have any idea what I'm talking about, you know what? I'm not gonna tell you. Freaking ask me. Uh send me an email. But um yeah, man, she can she delivers. Uh but, uh, yeah, so I picked up a couple of Archie books. I saw one that said Archie and Sabrina, and I thought, well, I know that those are crossover characters because uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, if you recall, and the new the new shows, uh, what is it, the... I can't remember what it is, The Horrible Life of Sabrina or something like that. It's not it. Uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Sabrina TV show, so far as I know, there hasn't been a crossover yet, but I knew that they were crossover-capable characters, and I thought, okay, cool. I want to see a book with Archie and Sabrina. What's that going to be like? I saw it was one of five, but I didn't realize that it's actually issue 705 of the Archie ongoing series. Uh, because the the 705 was subdued in the uh, red title field. Um, so I read that one first, and I was like, this is hilariously appropriate. This is exactly what I want. This is... It, it it's like when it's like when all of our Marvel it's it's like when Guardians of the Galaxy comics started taking on the uh, likenesses and 
circumstances of the MCU version of Guardians of the Galaxy. At some point, somebody said, "Hey, you know, if this is what's hitting with the with the uh, the uh, uh, the viewership, then let's make the Archie books more like Riverdale as the flagship promotion for the title." And so it really works. Uh, you've got an opening. You've got an opening page here, and it gives you a previously in the town of Riverdale, you know, illustrating what's obviously been going on. You've got this voiceover that's probably Jughead telling you a little bit about what's happening, just like in the TV series. Um, and God help me, Cole Sprouse, another genius in his time. That how do I, I don't know that name? I, oh, because he was on the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody with his twin brother. If you're into that, uh, which is what? That's a Disney show? I have no idea what the hell it is. Oh, my God. That dude, I can't wait. He was just in some movie with, I think, Amelia Clark. I can't recall what it is. Uh, something where they're not allowed to touch one another. They're in a hospital. I think they've got cystic fibrosis. I know it's going to be a tearjerker, but I want to watch it because that, that fucking guy is incredible. That guy delivers also. Amazing performer. Uh, I really like so many, and just God help us, Luke Perry. Mm, he was so so good on that show as Archie's dad. You know who is, you know who his boy is. I right? do, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. I loved seeing Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy at uh, All In. Uh, I loved that whole. No, uh, no, not not was All it In. Not all in? Uh, I'm not trying to it was be double, dick. double or nothing. No, Sorry, talking about uh, double. Or nothing. Yeah, him, uh, him showing up at the what's the dinosaur character? That was great. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, and he DDTs a guy with his feet. Uh, this is his, his total segue or total sidebar, but uh, I was laughing my ass off uh, because you know my boy and I are into Pokemon, and I thought about Luchasaurus the other day because it wasn't enough to be talking about Pokemon. I had to talk about South Park's Chimpokemon, and there was a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which oh my god! If you if you love Pokemon, you have to see that episode. Uh, small. But uh, no, such no. a small. Just here, here. No, don't don't go there. He, he don't is. go there. Let them let them enjoy this <laughs> meal that they're about to have. But um, there there were a bunch of uh, Chim Pokemon that they did not uh, bring up in the episode, and one of them was Velociraptor. <laughs> that was like that is hilarious. <laughs> So just you know, it was a Velociraptor with a bunch of chains. Uh, he was uh, he was front and street style, and uh, he had a backwards hat, uh, gold teeth. Anyway, okay, yeah, Archie and Sabrina. Seriously, um, this is hilarious. Like, what a way to drop myself into the circumstances. It's the end of summer. They're all coming back to school. These kids who are never going to get out of high school apparently, and uh, Cheryl Blossom has put on a uh, a Bachelorette-style t- uh, TV episode that Archie is the unfortunate bachelor, st- uh, uh, bachelor character. And this has all been a, a, uh, an attempt by Betty and Veronica to figure out who Archie's new secret girlfriend is, who oh, obviously is Sabrina, based by the, uh, the cover... But um, this is, you know, 705, issue 705 starts with this, and he's standing on stage in front of a live audience, and everybody's waiting for him to give the last flower to his selection, 
And I don't know who any of the other girls were. I don't know anything about that, not having read the preceding issue. But he gives it to Cheryl, and everybody is dumbfounded. And it's perfect. It's like obvious Riverdale scandal. The whole series is about scandal. And the whole series is about establishing relationships between these characters that are constantly challenged. Archie's relationship with Betty, Archie's relationship with Veronica, Veronica and Betty's relationship, Archie and Jughead, Jughead and Betty on the TV series, uh, their families, everything, constantly challenging relationships. It is just so much, it's just so much fun. It's, it's, and it's all small town idiot situations, you know? And I'm looking at this and they've got, They've they they they've got this whole sequence in here where Betty and Veronica are like, we're gonna be best friends forever. Forget this thing where we're constantly trying to figure out whether or not we're gonna win Archie. Let's be best friends and focus on that. And I'm like, that is power. That's girl power. And then automatically Veronica wants to go do something to develop in these woods. And automatically Betty on the other side of town is going to go try to do something to save the woods, challenge the relationship even if it's some daffy contrived thing. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, you think about something as far as comics go, $4, 20 pages. The value, it's there and then it's not there. The content is not there because four of these pages are advertisements for other Archie-related products and uh, some other uh, some other things. But I did laugh my ass off at one of the advertisements for one of the Archie horror brand comics, Jughead the Hunger, which is a he's a werewolf in that. Oh, the the, the werewolf, the werewolf yeah. one. Is Jughead the Hunger versus Vampironica. <laughs> Vampironica, classic. And then uh, I also it's read Archie Seven Hundred, thinking, okay, I'm getting the mainline Archie book. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say that the artwork varies. Between these two issues, uh, the coloring is different. The illustrations are different. It's kind of all over the place, but it, it totally works. And I, honestly, I love these characters, and I just want to read more. I never cared about them until I watched that TV series, and now I want to read them. Uh, but, um, yeah, let's see. The uh, title or the uh, credits go to Story by Nick Spencer, Art by Marguerite Sauvage. Lettering by Jack Morelli. The lettering is quite nice, honestly. Uh, Editor-in-chief, Victor Gorlick. And uh, what is this? This is an Archie book. I mean, it's an Archie publication. Uh, this one, geez, Archie 700 came out in January. I definitely picked this up as a back issue. And um, it was already bagged and boarded. But I was just like, I'm going I'm to see how this goes. Because I saw a number one and I thought, well, it's a jumping off point, just like a sucker. Just like I am. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've got. We have talked the hell out of some stuff today. You you read my mind. Like We, we initially were like, let's just do an mm -hmm. hour. And then we spent an hour and 20 minutes on the Matrix. We could have done four. Oh, dude. <laughs> we, uh, seriously, I what's, what's, was one of the things we were discussing. I was like, I don't feel like I read enough stuff. And you mentioned the Matrix. And I was like, I kind of just want to do a minefields over... Uh, we could do do a, a you know like we do with Star Trek and do a commentary track on the minefield. I think that's or on on the uh, on the Matrix rather. I think that's something we need to really look into. I would do all three of those movies. I would you know I just that's a ton, but 
They're so damn good. Anyway, what do you got going on the rest of the week, man? Uh, let's see. I'm meeting my friend Josh to go over uh, his comic script and his friend DMR, uh, Christina's birthday. Um, let's see. I've got go meet up with Spencer to go over uh, the new AAOW mm-hmm. script. <clears throat> um, finishing watching uh, new Ring of Honor and Impact from Thursday. Also to watch the uh, Rockman Twitch. Um, I've got 15 extra hours on top of them, easy working, working overtime. Uh, my friend just called me and said that the DJ for her wedding just failed. Oh. And she asked me if I could. That just failed on her, and she's like, Was my offer to DJ for free uh, still valid? And I said, Yes. And she's like, Well, it's a cosplay thing. I'm like, well, it's a cosplay theme wedding. Well, she's in the regular dress, so is he. But he's gonna be in Indy's uh, Indy's suit from um, four, mm-hmm. and she, and then she's gonna change into her Laura Croft stuff. And I'm like, I don't have that many cosplay stuff. And like, <laughs> Wait, I can do Kung Fury. And she, I can do Kung Fury, and she's like, uh, Michael just lost his shit last night. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> I want to go to a co- cosplay theme wedding. That sounds fun. Oh, she's she's wonderful, man. Like I remember um, when I was working at the hospital. I remember. Remember, I told you my friend was there. She had some weird disease, and like, uh-huh, not, yep. like some weird weird disease, but like a nerve thing, and like, like oh uh, man, I'd go visit her like every day, and like she was like, thank you so much, and no, she was a, she was a good girl. She was a good woman. I'm, I'm happy for her. She, I'm, I'm actually going to go to a good wedding next week. Wait, you said that that girl's the one that's uh, whose wedding it is? Oh, yeah, rad. Yeah, she's, okay. She's wonderful. And, and uh, wow, I'm going to take my mom to the flea market Sunday morning on Platt. Um, so you're busy. What the hell? <laughs> you got a lot going yeah, on. And then, uh, working on the Christmas Gunther, I said that already. Um, I've got to work on my daily sketches. Got, I just got my promotion. I just got my new uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. I've got another secret thing going on. I got to schedule that too. Secrets. You know, learn about that in about two weeks. Secrets. Dude, please tell me. Please tell me you're referencing Conan O'Brien's secrets. Absolutely. The J- the Bill Shatner uh, one was awesome. <laughs> oh man. The Bill Shatner one was like the, the my favorite was the uh, um, Jeff Goldblum one. <laughs> Goldblum. Dude, I gotta go back and watch Google that. I am me. not I do not remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> Goldblum. People come up to me and say, hey, you're Jeff Goldblum and I'll look him right in the eye and be like, how dare you speak to me? <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he was and not that, I don't want to do it again, but like, he was not that weird. Well, he was weird when I, when I met him, but he wasn't that weird. <clears throat> no, he, he, uh, they did a Mr. T Secrets, uh, Oh so, man, yeah. Uh, they did a the 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 Tom Hanks secret. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, we've been on we've been on part of the whole. I can't imagine. I just I remember him like Tom Hanks just sitting there with a cigarette, and you know he's not sitting there just yeah. like jamming on cigarettes all the time. 
man. <laughs> Secrets. Oh, what the hell was the the Mr. T one? All I can think about is when in the Simpsons when like Presley the Clown is like smoking a cigarette like all hastily and, and nervous, and his agent's like, "Let me get this straight." took all the money you made franchising your name and you bet against the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You never bet against the Harlem Globetrotters. Never. Oh, that was, it was perfect. And he's like, they were due for a loss. Shit. And then... And then... <laughs> no, they yeah, always, uh, always dude. win. Always win. Uh, oh man, this is... I read a lot of good stuff this week. I mentioned what was right. Man, like, we, we were worried that we were going to have a... That you weren't... I was worried we didn't have enough content. Show, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we could have gone on about the Matrix. Okay, so yeah. I'm designing the graphic for... for I was going to do the woman in the wood dress, in the red dress, and then I was thinking about Neo stopping the bullets, and I landed on the agent <coughs> dodging the bullets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I say, I never cared about that part. I always liked the part where, uh, in the in the trailer anyways, where you see his, uh, his fingers in the, in the mirror turning into goo or whatever. That was rad. I just remember going to the theater in 1999 and seeing, like, okay, we went, well, I, you know, you get pick up your girlfriend and, Go to this amazing theater that's not like the cheap, disgusting theater in my hometown and go and see The Matrix one weekend and then like Fight Club the next weekend and then something else. I don't remember what it was, but it was like three Fridays of legendary movie releases. And I remember in the middle of The Matrix just dying. I had to go to the bathroom and I... Right after they captured Morpheus, I got up and I ran away and I came back in when they were torturing him and I was I just got back in time to sit down, settle in. Guns. We need lots of guns. Boom! Oh my god, that was so rad. America still liked guns then. It was okay to have guns. I know. Well most of America did. Anyway, yeah. Alright, man. I gotta get up and uh, paint some uh, paint some more Christmas stuff. We're way ahead on what we're doing, and I've got to read like three scripts for movies. Getting ready to getting coming up in the in my market, and see if I want to see which one, if any, I want to work on and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I got a, got one of my best friends in my of my whole life in state for a, one of his nephew's weddings. <laughs> Remember, I hand out titles. I hand out titles. Uh, and, uh, you know, you got best friend, East Coast, best friend, West Coast, best friend, uh, uh, Central Time Zone, stuff like that, you know. Best friend, uh, oh, by you the, know, they're all over the place. By the way, best friend, and I'm better than all other assholes that you're talking We're about. We're in a fucking tag this team called 20... Best Friends, okay? Among other things. This, this is issue 25. This is our 25th. What? Oh, you keep Let's saying that, and I'm yeah. like, we've cut like 42 iterations of content no, no, or this, something. This, this is the this is the this is the comic nerd shit. Uh, uh, I guess not including Star Trek, X Files, and uh, 
that. But this is the 25th one. Wow. Wow. Uh, man, I wish I had a, I wish I had anything to drink. We should have a, we should have a toast on, 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 on broadcast, but, uh, or whatever you want to call it on podcast. But I don't have a single thing. I'm to glad eat. you ain't drinking drink. no more, brother. Hmm. Don't worry about it, man. Get some good you rest. You too, man. This transmission is ending. This is dangerous. <laughs> and has been dangerous. Take the blue pill. You got it.